so I'm thinking about Halloween the entire year. Yes. That's the thing. That's just a fun fact about me. And I had the thought the other day, what if I'm a stuffed olive for Halloween? Oh. And that's like how deep in my <laughs> subconscious these books have become. Would it would it be our direct like, would you be hoping people got the reference? How tuned in are your friends to British teen movies from the early 2000s? I mean, as I've mentioned, more than one of my friends understood <laughs> when I described a man as dancing like Sven relatively recently. So True. at least two people I know would be all about that. But it's just, it's such an unruly costume that I don't know if I could actually do it. Yeah. Keep in mind that for the last 20 years of my life, Halloween has been about putting a child in a costume, not having the time to think about putting myself in one. That's fair. They don't do costumes in this book at all. I feel like there were like when they had the fish party, mm -hmm. there was at least like decor right. of fish and people uh, wearing funny clothes to evoke the idea of fish. Yeah. But the similar party in this book, George does not attend. Nope. Nope. Uh, should probably clarify what this book is. Yeah, who's this George? Who are you? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, who is that? Who is who is Georgia Nicholson? What makes her tick? We really we actually learned a lot more about that. We learned a lot more. One. And we learned about yeah. we learned about uh uh cosmic horns in this one, which is probably <laughs> my favorite the favorite new addition to my vernacular. It's such a good concept. Uh oh, hi, welcome. Didn't see the <laughs> Oh, you so, startled me. Yeah, this is a podcast called Pizza Toast. I am Christy. I am Phil. I think we should clarify that you are currently wearing a beret. That oh, is... yeah. No, I've, I have a beret on right now because this book was the first one that like really called to me as far as you should wear your beret while recording goes. Because this book, uh, a, a portion of it takes place in Paris and all of Georgia, like all of the Ace Gang buys berets yes. while they're there but they're comically large berets the kind that you would my beret fits yeah. my head your beret fits your head clear. and goes with your hair it does uh this has actually been a problem uh the hair has worked <laughs> really well for it however my winter coat is orange oh, no. so i can't wear this anymore also one of my best friends is from paris and i feel like i'm appropriating their culture every time i put on the beret now so this to yeah, clarify anyway. I just wanted to make sure I understand this correctly. The beret is a common accoutrement for you. You you're a beret wearer. I I've worn this before. Like this is a beret that I own and wear in inclement weather, even though it's completely useless for that. Uh, it's a I got it at a, no, I got it at a thrift shop. It's made of wool. My head's really warm right now, so I'm probably going to take it off soon. Is that what a beret is good? Is a wool beret good for for warming the top of the head? It it truly is. The top of my head is is going to be sweltering soon. Uh, the re yes is the book. The book. Yeah. What are we the, talking about? Which berets are. Uh, I mean, they're not that important. They are mentioned several times mm -hmm. because they are always mentioned several times in these. We're talking about dancing in my. Nutty pants? It's definitely nutty pants. We have <laughs> that the, from the horse's mouth. This is is this the fourth George Nicholson book or the third yes. George Nicholson book? Wait, what? I could never remember. This is the fourth. I couldn't remember. This is the fourth. Okay. Uh, I got the audio recording read by Louise Renison and Which uh, is wonderful. Which is amazing. And mm -hmm. uh yes, she it is definitely nutty pants. Uh, she says it many times. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get the title of the book until the very end of the book. Right. Uh, and when uh, she's having a, Georgia is having an unexpectedly lively conversation with Jasmine, because most of her conversations with Jasmine are scolding yes. in this book, on the jazz side. This I don't know why I keep calling her Jasmine. Jasmine, that's really weird. <laughs> she never... I don't know why I did that. Her name is Jazz. She's never once been referred to as Jasmine. It could be short for something else. Right. Like, uh, it could just be Jazz. You've been watching a lot of Aladdin. Just, that's just so much Aladdin. <laughs> wow. Well, just had a conversation last week about how Jasmine doesn't have a song of her own uh, in Aladdin. So maybe that's still like She had that head. song that Howard Ashman and Alan Menken wrote for her early on in the planning stages called Call Me a mm -hmm. Princess. When she was supposed to be, they wanted to create a Disney princess who was completely vapid and materialistic. And so that was yeah. her character. And 
uh, they cut the song, obviously, when the character changed. But then they tried to put it back in the Broadway show. And for a while, Call Me a Princess was in the Broadway show sung ironically, which is really hard to get across in a children's That's musical. So strange. And then she has a song in the live action one that's kind of good called Speechless, yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, no, it's called Silent. I, Silence. I, I yeah, don't it's... care. I've never seen it. Uh, it's okay song. Whatever. When Naomi you, Scott. Would you interpolate new Rangers songs movie. into a musical that has such a strong musical presence already? And it already has problems because two different lyricists worked on it. But then you throw in like new stuff decades later. It's never easy. This is musical chat with Phil and Christy. Yeah, this is musical chat. We're also going to talk about Human Again from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about the fact that that was the longest piece of music ever written for a Disney movie. Yes. That it was supposed to explain the fact that many, many, many weeks had gone by in the castle. And when they finally put it into the special edition of Beauty and the Beast, they cut it down so much that it still doesn't make any sense that... That uh, that Maurice would be lost in a snowstorm for a great number of weeks. <laughs> so, uh, Georgia Nicholson. Georgia Nicholson, Dancing in My Nutty Pants. I love this book. You love this book. I also love this book. These books are on an upward trajectory for me, which is amazing i've yeah. never had that with a with a ya series before or like a even like a middle grade reader series before where every book gets a little bit better it's, and this one this one is so good it's so well structured mm-hmm. so much happens uh it's almost as if louise rennison is becoming a better writer as she goes along <laughs> yeah it still reads the same way like the the pattern is still the same but there are actual events occurring mm-hmm. things uh things are getting more complicated uh georgia is growing yeah. question mark <laughs> uh which uh and georgia's parents remain terrible but that's like to me that is uh that's one of my favorite constants about these yeah. books her parents are really bad and georgia yes and georgia is not just growing she and jazz are kind of growing up heart not mm-hmm. not just as friends but like as uh like they're like ideologically growing apart uh they're very different from each other like from the jump too but it's starting to become clearer that perhaps this makes them incompatible as friends it's interesting because from the beginning of the series it feels more like rosie should be george's best friend hmm and that could be where we're heading, particularly with events that occur at the end of this book. That, could you hold on? That, uh, could you hold on for just yes. one sec? I can. Hey, Mitz. Could you stop kicking the wall? <laughs> Thank you. All right, I'm back. That ever works in my home. <laughs> she has a tendency to. She's actually slamming her foot against the floor over and over again. And I don't know if it was actually going to be picked up on mic, but it is driving me so insane. It's still annoying. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I had a, yeah. Yeah. Rosie. Anyway. Rosie. Before we forget. Rosie. Yeah. Uh, Rosie. A delightful character. Seems a lot more like Georgia in superficial ways. And they spend a lot of time together in mm-hmm. this book. <laughs> but mostly because this... Jazz doesn't want to spend a lot of time with Georgia in this book. It's true. And also Rosie, uh, <laughs> as a consequence, uh, Rosie and Georgia get punished together yes. in this one. <laughs> there's a lot going uh, on. There's some downright Babysitter's Club-esque shenanigans going on to this, including a Peter Pan production. Yeah, a panto of Peter Pan. Uh, this book covers Christmas time, which means it covers the traditional Christmas panto, which is... I'm sorry, like... it covers what time? Oh, Crimbo time. Crimbo. <laughs> that, uh, you pointed out that Crimbo is maybe your, one of your favorite Georgia affectations. And I like that there's no explanation for it. It's just, well, this is what she calls Christmas. It's fine. Well, it's funny because uh, Tim and Eric did their Crimbus special uh, mm. years ago. And so Crimbus always stuck in my head. And then to hear this like child's novel being referring to it as Crimbo the whole time. <laughs> uh, Jesus also gets mentioned a few times in this book. Uh, Georgia favorably compares herself to Jesus at one point. She does do that. She does some <laughs> some great stuff in this book. Uh, I, I feel like this is the first book where I'm like, let me tell you all of my favorite individual things that happened here. Because they are they are many. They are mm-hmm. myriad. There are so many. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is just more of the same that's been happening in the prior books. Like, she is dating Robbie, but she wants 
to be with Dave the Laugh and hasn't figured that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jazz is admonishing her for things while continuing to have like a fairly boring relationship with Tom that seems sweet and fun. Uh, Ace Gang gets into shenanigans. Bummer twins get a bummer. Uh, Georgia does some nice things for people, though, in this book. Yeah, reluctantly sometimes, but... Uh... Reluctantly, but she she makes it through. She's definitely developing some sort of a conscience. Uh, yeah, weird, thinking right? of others. Uh, yeah. Uh, loath as she might be to admit it. Because she's still stuck in a world where the most important thing is to be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... And Jazz, especially, is the one who starts developing this moral compass. Of, yeah. And you, you can tell. It's kind of like she just seems to be getting more mature, like like physically and like emotionally more mature than Georgia, uh, mm-hmm. like before Georgia does. And that happens in friendship circles. Like They have a realistic dynamic as best friends and that they can't stand each other uh-huh. a lot of the time. But that's not a sustainable thing so they are drifting apart quite a bit by the end of the book except that they still have this camaraderie like Mm -hmm. that's not gone uh one of the i mean the major sticking point with jazz right is that georgia has kissed dave the laugh multiple times and this is a conflict that comes back over and over yeah georgia has been keeping that a secret and she swears she's going to keep it a secret to the reader and then immediately tells it to Jazz, uh, who surprisingly doesn't blab about it. Because I think yeah, she what... doesn't. She takes a break from being Radio Jazz, mostly because she's actually genuinely disappointed in Georgia. And I think she doesn't want Ellen to know. Right. She doesn't want Ellen to be hurt. She doesn't want Ellen to be hurt. Georgia frames it as she doesn't want Ellen to duff her up. But, uh, but Jazz, it's mostly just seems like she doesn't want Ellen to be upset by this. Because Ellen's having her own problems with Dave the Laugh, quite Right, clearly. and what we'll find out is it is a good idea not to tell Ellen something that might upset her, because she will cry for several days. Well, okay, so the the Ellen and Dave trajectory in this book is basically, Dave and Ellen are kind of dating. You can tell he's not too into it, because no. he's hardly done any lip nibbling with her. Uh, hardly any. Yeah, no ear, she- no ear snogging. <laughs> and she's fixated on him. Yeah. She talks about how much she likes him a lot. She wants to make sure everyone knows that she likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's not invested in it in any particular way. They'll hold hands. Uh, she, Georgia will like see him kissing her on the cheek. Yeah. And that sort of thing. But that's about it. Yeah. And when they ask her how far she's gotten with him, it's basically... She gives one of those vague, like, uh, to like number three... And you're like, I don't know if they've even gotten to number three on the scale. Number three is so low. Yeah. <laughs> so little. You haven't even kissed like a sustained period of time without tongues. What eventually happens, of course, in there in the arc is that he breaks up with her. He doesn't mm-hmm. dump her for anyone. He just breaks up with her because he's he you can tell he feels bad. He's just not into her. And like you said, she cries for days. Uh, she leaves she class so to go to the nurse because she's so upset and uh i think we've all been there oh yeah absolutely i mean ellen is a (laughs) ellen is a wisp of a character until this book but in this book we get to know her a little bit better and what we get to know is she's very emotional about this she she was very invested both in dave specifically and in the idea of having a boyfriend especially if as in my mind you're picturing ellen from the movie who is literally a wisp of a person i am i'm absolutely picturing i'm picturing the movie characters at this point yeah just because like it's easy enough to do Uh, i still don't know if robbie is quite what i'm (laughs) saying nor dave but i digress yeah how do I'm trying to... Okay, so I read this book very quickly. Mm. I read it a few days ago. That means I don't remember what order things happen in That's okay. I could, I could probably clear some stuff up. I read this book <laughs> probably twice at, with all my re-listening and rereading because I listened to it and read it. And uh, I think I, I wrote to you a few times that the, the British and American editions are somewhat different. Uh, the, right. the American edition cuts some... Uh, swearing that would be very offensive in an American children's book. Uh, yeah, it, it checks out. And uh, cuts a few references to pornography. Like, Georgia will say more often that it's like she's in a porn when her parents are snogging. And that's cut. <laughs> and most of those references are cut in the American version. And a lot of 
not a lot of it. A few gay references are cut because she'll refer to someone as like a homosexualist as a derogatory term. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that particular omission. Yeah. The rest of them I could uh, I could deal with, but uh, they get a, they they use lezzy every mm-hmm. once in a while, which is honestly like if we're gonna if we're gonna do that. Uh, it's better than a lot of words right. that they could use. <laughs> and also the way they use it doesn't necessarily, like, I, I don't think they mean anything bad by it. Not that that makes it okay. Right. But they're kids. They're dumb. They're and, and it is the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, that's when you could say that all you wanted, all of the time. And then as I said to you, they actually j- rearrange the ending of the book. Like, they replace paragraphs and sentences to give you the same ending, but worded differently it's it's really weird we'll get to that yeah that's really weird i don't see how it has any overall effect but yeah. yeah uh this is the this is the book in which uh a lot of i would say like the i would say act two is taken up by the paris trip mm-hmm. but before that we have just kind of some some of the usual shenanigans right. some of the usual georgia nicholson pattern so naomi is pregnant we know that naomi is pregnant <laughs> with a mystery by a mystery cat how impressed were you that Angus somehow impregnated Naomi? I had been spoiled on it accidentally. Oh, no. I had accidentally been spoiled on it when I looked something up. I knew that Angus was going to be the father. But I don't think it occurs to them. Did it occur to them that he could have done this before he got fixed? It obviously doesn't. And that's definitely what happened. Right. Like, it, we don't know. A cat, like, they don't know a cat's gestation, period. She's not going to seem pregnant, uh, like, the entire time she's pregnant. Yeah, definitely... This was beforehand, and it means Angus gets to be a proud father of a bunch of kittens. And he's a proud father. You see, at some point, you see him like wandering around outside with the kittens, which wouldn't happen. But no, not with, <laughs> not with Dad Cat. But it's very cute, and the kittens are adorable. We are reminded of that several times. Yes, they all look like him. Every single kitten looks exactly like Angus. Which also wouldn't happen, but... And it's really too bad because Naomi is apparently the most beautiful cat. We know she's the most beautiful cat because Angus is in love with her. Exactly. Um, uh, also, uh, Robbie is in and out of town a lot again in this book. He uh, he is slowly building up his music career, which comes to a point I was not expecting. No, and we learn that it, maybe some of the time he spends out of town is not to do with music oh, by yeah. the end. But not what but, you're thinking. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, he's he has gigs. He has gigs in Wales. He has gigs, mm-hmm. he has gigs abroad. Uh, not abroad. Georgia has this fantasy that when he goes on tour in America... Which I think they call Hamburger Land a go-go. Like that's yes, the- Hamburger a go-go land. Hamburger a go-go land. Uh, yes. She, she has this idea that she is going to go touring with him. And uh, asking her parents if she can go to Paris is the starter. Like that's, that's supposed to like get their feet wet with the idea that Georgia will be going away for a long time. Oh, yes, obviously. And this is something that she is quite sure is going to happen. That she can butter her family up enough to let her go to America. She's not talking about it in a fantastical way. Right. Like I use that word, but no, she's talking about it as though this is realistic. Like yeah. Definitely this like misbehaving girl, <laughs> like this, this lovable scamp is going to be allowed to go to America with her boyfriend. <laughs> yes. With a band. With a band. Uh, uh, Stiff Dylans have gigs again, though, which mm-hmm. is great. Love yeah, it. yeah, the Stiff Dylans are doing well, and, are doing and really it, well. bear in mind, it's only been a few months. Yeah, since this whole series started, yeah, they're catching fire. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, I believe, like she gets to go to the gigs, sometimes gets to go backstage. Uh, has a moment where she feels very cool because there are some girls who are older than her from who went to her school who witness her being Robbie's girlfriend. Yes. He's being a little bit more upfront with people now that Georgia is his girlfriend. Yeah. At no point do we, except for the fact that he's, he might or might not be doing everything he says he's doing when he is out of town. At no point does he act like he's not into her as a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He writes her a letter where he says that he likes everything about her. The things he mentions are all purely physical, yeah. but he does seem to enjoy their time together like they they have fun uh she'll (laughs) try to be cool when she greets him and it never works out Mm -hmm. but she's uh it's 
it's fun it's fun stuff uh there's there are some like big developments actually at school that i did not think about such as georgia becomes the captain of the hockey team yeah that's a big deal to her uh it's a big deal and it's a big deal to wet Lindsay. Huge deal to wet Lindsay, who is not happy about it. Uh, even bigger deal, maybe when she gets this privilege taken away. Yeah. So by the end of the by the end of the book, uh, she ends up insulting the caretaker of the of the school again uh, because she can't resist walking past him and not saying something. Honestly, absolutely horrible. Uh, Mister Atwood has hung a hung a a bell outside his shed that says ring the bell for caretaker. And uh, she can't resist stopping and, and insulting his bell, uh, which wet Lindsay overhears and tattles about to the head of the school. And she gets her captainhood taken away and she's not able to pass it off as, as, as a small matter. It honestly uh, affects Georgia emotionally. It hurts her. Yeah. It hurts her feelings. Uh, is this before or after she has to help with the Peter Pan pantomime? Oh, that happens. Yeah, the 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 hockey stuff happens long after because that's near the end okay. of the book. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, her two big instances of getting in trouble this book result in first she and Rosie have to be like the props masters yeah. for the school pantomime, and secondly, oh by the way, uh, Wet Lindsay plays Peter Pan. Do, uh, do you remember why they get bad marks and have to help out with Peter? Do you remember <laughs> no. what they're doing? Let's talk about let's go down the disco, which becomes a new fun thing for all the girls. They were doing that an awful lot in this book, weren't they? They have a thing they do where they just disco dance Mm -hmm. when something good happens or when they're bored or really any occasion can bring up what let's go down the disco. One of them will say, let's go down the disco and they'll start disco dancing, which to them is like just flailing their arms and, and wiggling all around, which... Is that reminder too that these are little kids? I was just gonna say, like, this is the one of the only times I remember that they are children. <laughs> yeah, they're like, let's go down the disco, and they'll start like waving their arms and wiggling around, and they'll get in trouble and have to work backstage at a play. Yes, and apparently, like, jazz is not quite uh, to their level with the let's go down the disco thing because she she gets off with lesser punishment mm-hmm. than they do consistently. Like, well, jazz is not in trouble. Jazz got in trouble last book. For the ear animals, for the 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 bro- glove animals, the glove animals. <laughs> and she brings that up in this book in the beginning. She's like, because Georgia wants to bring the glove animals back with sunglasses, <laughs> which and, is a great idea <laughs> because it's winter and the sun and the animals could get snow blind. Uh, and Jazz is like, I got in trouble for that last time. Do you really think I should? I, I don't want to do that again. Which is your first indication that maybe Jazz is pulling away from the shenanigans a bit more than the others. The Ace Gang, like uh, Rosie and uh, Rosie and Georgia, are the ones who are always all in on everything. Ellen's a bit more of a follower, I think, than Jazz, who is starting to have her own distinct feel yeah. as a character, and not just uh, like being somebody who tells her family everything. <laughs> and I think one of the things that keeps Jazz from feeling like a scold at this point is the fact that because up to the last book. She hasn't been that, but mm-hmm. she's becoming that. It feels less like the unfun friend and more like just the friend who's growing up and doesn't feel as comfortable. And maybe it's the influence of Tom, who is probably the most straight-laced boy in existence. He's so much more straight-laced than anyone else in the series, basically. And we never I mean, see he him. And Jazz are, he and Jazz are really well-matched in this regard. <laughs> Uh, they identify they identify like peat moss and stuff or something. They go to bogs together. Badger prints. Uh, they become they join the Ramblers Club. I really love that actually. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Jazz. The things that she scolds Georgia for are often things that deserve some scolding. Mm-hmm. There's no one else who knows about Georgia and uh, Dave the Laugh kissing. Yeah, and so nobody else is holding Georgia accountable for that. Yeah, and there, really, there is no fallout from that. Uh, well, it it bothers Jazz a lot. Like you can tell, yeah. it, she's constantly referring to Georgia as promiscuous. Uh, <laughs> she's giving her looks. She's speaking angrily to her, and at one point, she stops talking to her. And I think it's after Dave the Laugh breaks up with Ellen. Uh, yeah. She just refuses to talk to Georgia until Georgia apologizes and offers to carry her home, 
which yeah, is it, which is very funny, and it lasts it lasts a little longer than their prior spats. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I think I think Jazz is really upset by this. Like Georgia did something to one of their friends and doesn't seem to have any conscience about it, even though she does have a conscience about it. She does, but she's never going to express that. That's just only going to be right. in her journal. She would never she would never apologize to Ellen. <laughs> yeah, uh, she she and David the laugh canoodle a couple more times in this book. Yeah. Um yeah, Dave the Laugh pops in and out and He's he's still a good character. He's still, mm-hmm. you know, he's but he's uh but he's he's caught in a in a bind. But let's talk about Peter Pan. I want to talk about Peter Pan. You <laughs> sure. as you said, Wet Lindsay is is the Pan. Is Peter Pan? Her legs lo- look like sticks, uh, and Georgia hates that. Mm-hmm. She hates hates looking at Wet Lindsay's legs. Uh, um, nauseating P. Green, who's in this book a lot. lot. <laughs> Pamela Green is playing Nana. In this production, mm-hmm, the dog, and uh, yeah, and they, uh, Georgia takes to training P. Green as though she is a dog, like does it like some method acting, and yeah, over time we find out that uh, uh, Pamela Green has given her mother the idea that Georgia is like her best friend, right? Because Georgia is the only person who's nice to her. Yeah, it's true. Even like Rosie isn't outright mean to pamela but she's not like paying attention to her right and and so and so because georgia has to spend a lot of time around nauseating p green uh uh yeah they they form this weird bond uh on well one-sided bond uh (laughs) uh, i do want to point out also that tragic kate is playing wendy and melanie griffiths is playing tinkerbell which is absurd because melanie griffiths has very large bazoomas uh, and I liked that we got a reminder that Tragic Kate is one of yes. is one of uh, uh, Lindsay's cohort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the pea green stuff sort. I get it's not. It, it doesn't even need to pay off because it's there the whole time. Whatever. This isn't like there. It's not like rising action then falling action with regard to her. Yes, there is. I don't know what I'm saying. There's a lot with her. There's so much there's with a her. Huge, because, like, there's a huge nauseating pea green story in the back half of the book. There is. And uh, it's also a bummer twin story. Yes. And a story of Georgia realizing that she doesn't like when bad things happen to innocent people, which <laughs> is interesting and good. That comes after Paris, I believe. Yes. Though. But there, we get yeah. the meta reference of them wondering aloud how the Bummer twins are still allowed to go to their school, uh, considering the fact that all they do is cut class and smoke all day and then leave the campus, but they never get in trouble for it. And they're like, how does it, how do they even, like they, the, the aces get in trouble for everything, but the Bummer twins who are clearly villains just wander <laughs> around the school doing whatever they want. And uh, they're, they're above the law and yeah. uh, they must be stopped. I mean, maybe this is why the time like Georgia punches one of them in the face, she does not get in trouble. The teachers are <laughs> right. like, eh, it's about that time. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they deserve this. Um so yeah, so the so Peter Pan's going on. Uh, she and Rosie are working backstage. At one point, they they figure out that that theatrical fur will stick to themselves. <laughs> so they start putting theatrical fur on them on their bodies. Like every time they have to do something else backstage, and no one notices, but it's still a- yeah. So they have progressively more as the show goes on, and like Rosie just kind of walks off at the end with some still on her face. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tinkerbell knocks over a piece of scenery at one point, and Miss Stamp is behind the piece of scenery smoking on stage, uh, which is a very Nickelodeon universe thing to happen to a teacher during a school play, I, I thought, but it's it's still charming. Uh, it works. Uh, I mean, it, it's great that the production of Peter Pan goes horribly wrong. Like it's a, it's a good it's a good comedic payoff for all the work they're putting into it, and this is happening at the same time as Crimbo. And not a like. There's actually not a lot of attention paid to Crimbo itself. Yeah, like Halloween, Crimbo. Uh, uh, the only thing that really happens is that is that Georgia needs to save up money to go to America, so she decides to right. make presents for everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, it actually goes over pretty well. She she makes yeah, they're thoughtful presents. Yeah, yeah, her little sister Libby particularly likes her presents. 
I love that Libby's toys, like some of them are just normal, like, okay, scuba Barbie, got like a, a stuffed bear, that sort of thing. She also will just like carry around cheese. Yeah. Or an old potato. Yeah. And in part, that's why Georgia gives her a new toy in order to throw away at least one of like the rotted foods that she's been carrying around. The, what, 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 but she knows Libby well enough to know that you can't just give her a new toy. It has to be something that, uh, oh, it's Mr. Potato is what she calls it. Uh, you can't just give her a new toy. It has to be something equally weird. Um, right. So she gives her something she calls the Carrot Twins. And uh, and uh, says, uh, Libby lo- lobed her carrot twins and dumped Mr. Potato into the dustbin of life, which is just as well as he was all crinkled and green. <laughs> and her mom gives her, as she says, a really good bra, which she appreciates. Which, oh, it's great. This is a this comes up again and again over the rest of the book because. She notices that uh, boys are not as crass to her when she's wearing this bra, which is great because, yeah. uh, I mean, she does still uh, she does still have a French boy tell her she's the most beautiful girl in the world, but that seems to have more to do with her whole vibe, right? Than her her basumas. But uh, but uh, as anyone knows, uh, a well fitting bra is life changing. Yeah, uh, and I'm not I'm not saying that facetiously. Uh, I've I've not personally experienced it, but I've been around enough people who've gotten mm-hmm. their a well-fitting bra, and their life is different. It's so much different. <laughs> I think quarantine allowed a lot of people to realize that they didn't necessarily need to be uh, tied down by a bra, but also gave people the opportunity to figure out what was right for them, and I think that's just wonderful. Yep, we frequently yeah. confuse cup size with strap length with back strap length. It's about finding that balance. I just remember that from something, and I can't remember. I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, yes. Very anyway. little ad hoc jiggling, as she says about her new bra. <laughs> I bring this up just because the 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 nunga nungas were a huge topic in the last book, and uh, and she seems to have reached a she seems to have reached a more she's come to some sort of peace with her body by this book. Yeah. It, it feels healthy. Yeah. Uh, her body is it doesn't get nearly as much attention as it does in the prior books. It also feels like her getting a little bit more mature. Right. Uh, her her nose is brought up by the Bummer Twins, but the Bummer Twins will get their comeuppance in this yeah, book. Don't, don't you don't worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't you worry. Uh, which, which makes me terrified of what's going to happen in the future books with the Bummer Twins. But Oh, it's uh, maybe it would be nice if this was just their their permanent write out. I do find them funny. Yeah. Like, I like them conceptually because every successive description of like the, how their makeup looks is very good. Right. Uh, yeah. Now. Before Christmas, Robbie gives her a mixtape uh, of songs he's written himself, and she thought they were going to be songs about her, but instead they're songs about the environment. And this is another one of our clues that something might be going on with Robbie. <laughs> I didn't even, uh, I didn't even fit the pieces together. I just knew that she was really disappointed that there were no songs about how great she was. There is a really sad song about Vincent Van Gogh, though, which. I'm like, how many sad songs does the world need about Vincent Van Gogh? We kind of have the the big one <laughs> called Vincent, uh, but uh, yeah, good song though, a great yeah. song, yeah, no, no yeah. kidding. Uh, yeah. This is a yeah, the it's cute. Uh, he's a he's he's a decent boyfriend. Uh, mm-hmm. Her parents meet him in this one, right? And they love him. Mm-hmm. Her mom in particular says he's dishy, which is disgusting. Yes, but she's um, kind of a disgusting woman. <laughs> She's gross. Uh, she's gross in this one. She at one point tells Georgia that her elbows stick out funny and, and that brings her to the doctor. Mm. That, uh, okay, creating a new insecurity for your teenage daughter, I'm not a fan. No. I don't like this. Just so you can go spend time around the dishy doctor. Yes, uh, uh, George Clooney. Uh. Uh, but also when Robbie comes back from, oh, Robbie goes on a tour and when he comes back, he's gotten rid of his car. And he's mm-hmm. now riding a second-hand bicycle. There are many clues uh-huh. falling into place here. Like a, it's a, it's a real Kaiser Soze situation. <laughs> like every, <laughs> everything is visually coming into place. Uh, 
but we were both still surprised by the outcome of this. Right. Uh, I think I wrote to you that I, I was amused by the fact that to Georgia, your boyfriend suddenly riding a bicycle is a huge red flag. <laughs> huge. Huge. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, after Christmas, uh, we get to Crimbo. Sorry. Mm-hmm. After Crimbo. Uh, we, do we get to Paris yet? Yeah, we're, we're, we're jumping into yeah. Paris about right now, yeah. Beginning with yeah. the hilarious ferry ride. A ferry ride where Georgia grabs onto a flag mm-hmm. and pulls it down, and it is the French flag as they're being ferried to Paris, and that's where you get the title of the British uh, edition of the book. Of yeah, the British edition of the next book. Yeah, and that's which what is it why came off in so my. So why hand. is it in here? <laughs> yeah, we I do not understand the titling conventions of these books. Uh, it's like she <laughs> will make any she sense. will write something in one of her books and then be like, "That's funny," and then just use it as the title in the next book. To uh, be fair, it is funny when this happens. Yeah, the the, the but... flag comes off. She breaks off in her hand, and she has to apologize to the captain of the boat in French as her punishment. <laughs> She gets taught marks in French, though, so that's okay. She's it's true. It's true. Uh, but unfortunately, we'll find out that the way she got taught marks in French does not help her at all when she's into France. Oh, no, not at all. She can't make any kind of conversation. This is a pretty big chunk of the book. They're mm-hmm. there for a while because it's the full ace gang. Uh, she's a, She's obviously not thrilled to be apart from Robbie for this long, but she has a good trip. They have a good time there. Yeah. Because uh, Gorgie Henri is on the trip. Uh, Gorgie Henri. Gorgie Henri. And uh, what's his face? The German teacher, Herr Her- Kammeyer. Love him. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And they're going to try to trick Herr Kammeyer into falling into uh, the sh- into uh, into the water, this into the Seine, by pulling the old gag where they, where they tell him to keep backing up for a photo, and then he'll fall into the Seine. Uh, unfortunately, they, they, they can't pull it off. He, he, he realizes he's about to fall. And so they all unfortunately end up with uh, photos of Herr Kammeyer in his, in his koala sweater. That sweater sounds great. And I want it. Yes. Uh, 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 cardigan in, uh, the American editions, uh, jumper in the British editions. Can't have a cardigan with a koala on it. It'd just be like a little, like. Like a little polo bear animal thing. Oh, I don't yeah. like it. It's got to be a jumper. It's got to be a jumper. Yeah. Fun fun trip for them. Uh, there is like, what? there's a bit where Jazz jazz wants to go like in the... <laughs> to the sewers. In the sewer system. And everyone else is like, no, absolutely not. What are you talking about? She's like, it <laughs> could be like, fascinating. And they're like, no. Yeah, she thinks that she might actually learn something. And they're like, no, absolutely. We can't do that. I would love to visit the Paris sewers. Uh, Same. There's 100 pages devoted to them in the novel of Les Mis. Uh, of course there is. I would just love I mean, to, Yeah. That's where Jean We have Valjean, to introduce Dog Eats Dog. Yeah. That's where Jean Valjean escaped, uh, escaped Javert. And uh, yeah, Thenardier sang his, sang his second song. Uh, <laughs> because it's a musical about men and their relations to God. And that's his song about that. That's I'm quoting Alan Boubliel. Or Claude Michel Schoenberg. Which one of the two said it? Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean believes in the New Testament God of love. Javert believes in the Old Testament God of punishment. And Thenardier believes that God is dead. Yeah. Dog eats dog. Yeah, dog eats (laughs) dog. In which he says, because he's dead, as the stiff set me feet. Uh, oh, we did. I think somewhere in here, uh, before Dave the Laugh breaks up with Ellen, he mentions that he has the cosmic horn. Right. And I feel like we should talk about this for a second because it maybe is the greatest concept that these books have introduced. Talk about the horn. Talk about the, the, the entire concept of the horn. Okay, so I remember what the cosmic horn and the general horn both mean, but I forget what the name for a specific horn is. There's the general horn. There's the particular horn. The particular horn. The general horn is in the middle, and then the cosmic horn is at top. So the particular horn is when you fancy one particular person. Mm -hmm. Pretty straightforward. The general horn is when you fancy multiple people. Yep. The cosmic horn is where you fancy everyone and everything in the universe. Yep. Dave the Left says he has a bit of the general horn. Yeah. He says it to Georgia because he has a crush on Georgia. He also maybe likes Ellen. Yeah. 
And he's trying to parse that out. Yeah. And it's a good way of putting it when you're a teenager. It is. Because I think many of our listeners have experienced the general horn. I had a crush on everyone when I was when I was in my early teens, like my late teens, college, all of the time. <laughs> so many crushes. A friend of mine and I would talk about, you know, the question would be like, so which girls do you like right now? And that became kind of a running gag because it was like, I mean, besides all of them. It was like besides <laughs> Besides every girl, I know what your body is telling you, but are there any specific ones that stand out at the moment? Yeah. So this is a, but this is a concept that comes up a few more times in mm-hmm. the book because Georgia fears that she has the cosmic heart. Right. <laughs> she has so many feelings all the time because she's trying to she, suppress her red bottomosity. I was just gonna say that, like, I, like that that exact phrasing, like the red bottomosity is something that kind of looms over her. Uh, with Jazz telling her that she is promiscuous, this is only making it worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Jazz never says like you must tell ellen or anything like that right. there is a part there is a part where ellen asks georgia if she and dave laugh snogged that one time at the fish party this is my favorite single passage in the book Go ahead. when georgia just responds ha 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 and that seems to satisfy ellen yep <laughs> oh teen <laughs> girls <laughs> well because uh, obviously that's what ellen wants to hear she doesn't want a uh, confirmation no, she wants to continue being like kind of willfully ignorant about it. And this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record as saying, teenagers, if you're at a party where truth or dare is being played, or a variant thereof, your romantic partner might be made to kiss another person. That is what happens in variants of truth or dare. It's what's supposed to happen, like because in the like when it happens in the book, Ellen expects that she will get to kiss Dave the laugh, right? But of course, that's not that's how not it what works. it's going to happen. It's you're going to pull the someone's going to make the obnoxious thing happen. I believe it's Rosie who does it. Rosie, an agent of chaos. Yes, uh, well, she is dating an agent of chaos. <laughs> I love Spen. Uh, Just a wild character, uh, but that. Uh, that is one of the things that gets disrupted by book's end. Yes. But okay, so we go through after Paris, mm-hmm. come back. They buy their comedy berets, uh, which don't ever really come into play. You think they're going I to. I wish they did. They sound funny. Yeah. Uh, just comically oversized berets that have wires that kind of hold them above your head. Yeah, they're going to wear uh, them. They're, they're planning on wearing them to school because they only have to wear berets. It never says yeah, you can, but, but they never quite have the courage to see that through. No, which is surprising because they do so many recent things. Uh, uh, Georgia gets named captain of the field hockey team, mm-hmm. gets taken away, as we've explained. Uh, nauseating pea green, and is it Melanie Griffiths? I believe. Uh, no, it's a, it's astonishingly oh, no. dim Monica. Oh, it's a new. It's ADM. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, I believe this is her first appearance in the book. Yeah, this, this is a new character. Uh, they're both expelled yes. for shoplifting. Yeah. Of course, we know from the jump, there's no way this was their idea. And yeah. George is immediately suspicious. And she finds out that the Bummer twins were forcing ADM and P. Green to shoplift for them. Yeah. Uh, and she uh, she reveals she brings that truth to teachers. Not just shoplifting for them, shoplifting <laughs> leather coats. And where like the reason they get caught is because P Green is wearing six coats at once yes. and walking out of the store, which is a and very she gets funny stuck image. in the revolving door. Also, the Bummer Twins gave them a device to remove the shoplifting tags from the coats. Yes. Like the the Bummer Twins are experts at this. They're and... terrible. And P. Green and ADM get a bit get expelled. There's a whole like uh, meeting about it at the school. Uh, their their expulsion is announced. Uh, they they encounter the girls encounter nauseating P. Green uh, a couple of times at the school with her mother. Apparently having meetings with the teachers, and they are both crying. It's very upsetting. Uh, and you and everyone of course knows that the Bummer Twins did it, but everyone's afraid to to rat on them because they don't want to get duffed up by the bummer twins. But Georgia decides it's worth the risk of getting duffed up. Yeah. After she sees two first years 
getting sat on by the bummer twins yeah what's going on there uh that's a the i mean good bit uh good comical bully bit uh nonetheless very cruel yeah she uh she doesn't rat on them she just tells the teachers the truth <laughs> she's yeah. like hey this is what was going on a bummer twins get expelled adm and p green are back to school and this is when uh p green's mother is like thank you for being such a good friend right and uh georgia Sweet. of course immediately regrets it because now uh p green really thinks that they're good friends uh <sighs> but the thing but she this does is growth yeah what about that growth yeah it's she, incredible. she is very much like jesus uh, uh, she would have never done this in the first book. Oh, Georgia? I thought you meant Jesus. Yeah. Jesus wouldn't have either, but she never would have. Like this is. Oh no, this is growth. Um, so much growth. Uh, at one point, Robbie is in is in a uh, Wales, and mm-hmm. she refers to it as East Jesus or Preston a go 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 somewhere in in Welsh country. She won't call any place by its actual name. That's just a hard and fast rule for yeah. her. Uh, Paris was the only place they got to just be Paris. But uh, I mean, kind of winding up here. Like after this is the that's the last major school event. Yeah, that occurs. Then we find out it's almost like they're they're preparing us for it. Uh, Sven has to go back to Swedenland, I believe. They Did you almost to say it. Sweden? Yes. Okay. Sweden, yeah, I did almost say Sweden. Uh, like, I mean, I feel like they should be calling it Swedenland. Like, that seems like a thing that they would do. Uh, Rosie is very dramatic about it, swearing that she will be going with him, but of course she's not going to. Right, right. Because that would be absurd but, to follow your boyfriend yeah. to another country. Wouldn't it? And he's only going away for a month. He's going away for a month. He's going away for a month. However, Robbie... Okay, so Robbie shows up on the bicycle. Bad sign. Yeah. Portentous. Robbie reveals that he has gotten a placement of so like it's like an educational slash like I guess it's like a like a like a work ed. What do you call those? Like when you're doing like a yeah, like yeah, like uh, uh yeah, work ed. I guess yeah. He's he's going to be spending a year on an ecological farm in New Zealand. Yes. Uh, Kiwi a go go land. Yes, he's going to study abroad, but he's doing an actual job the entire time. Yeah, because so, he's realized that being a pop star is a hollow, shallow facsimile of a sham. <laughs> In the month he's been doing it. Yes. In the month. But I mean, good for him mm-hmm. because, yes, that would have been a lot more difficult than what he is going to do. But bad for Georgia. And it seems really disappointing for him. Like He's very sad about it that he's going to have to leave her behind. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he, again, not a bad guy. No, really likes her. And at this point in the book, uh, she and Jazz have been bickering a lot. But when Jazz finds out that this is happening, she comforts her. She she like slots herself back into the best friend role. Uh, Dave the Laugh is also surprisingly comforting to mm-hmm. her. Like, oh, he would like to be her boyfriend, but also it's sad for her that her actual right. boyfriend is leaving. No, she's just getting uh, she's getting a lot of sympathy at the end of this book. Yeah, to the point that she goes slap happy and talks about dancing around in her nutty pants. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her, her uh, she she goes on a, on a long walk with Dave, and that's where Dave talks about Ellen, and she talks about Robbie, and then they end up snogging. Uh, of course. Uh, but we get this. Oh, where is it? We get this cool thing about. Uh, about the cosmic horn. Yeah, Dave the Laugh said we're only teenagers and we haven't been teenagers before. So how can we know what we're supposed to do? And she, she he's right. Although I haven't a clue what he's talking about. He said we should just live, live, live for the moment, blow our cosmic horn and be done with it. And there's obviously it's very self-serving, but it's also very like self-aware and just like freeing for her. Like. Okay, fine. I will do something that makes me happy without worrying about like how it makes me look, without worrying about anything. And as you said, she her parents are out of the house. Her little sister is out of friends. She uh, presumably takes off all of her clothes and dances around Apparently. the house in front of the window <laughs> just to freak out her next door neighbor. <laughs> oh, she's so good. This book is so good. Uh, a lot of stuff happens, but it doesn't ever feel like it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel overcrowded. Uh, 
I would say the prior book is when they really hit their groove and this just kind of, this hits the ground running. This is just a really good, fun ride. Mm-hmm. But but uh, we like uh, the ride like the ride will continue when we're laughing away on a fast camel. But this was uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So it ends with her saying, "So all's well that ends well in God's land." I'll just say good night to the stars. Good night, stars and the moon. Good night, moon. You gorgeous, big, round, yellow, sexy thing. Phew! <laughs> I really have got the cosmic horn badly. But the British edition ends with a passage from earlier in the chapter about her mother and father showing up and getting out in the car and she's seeing them because they'd been fighting the whole book. Like there was a lot of fighting between her mother and father. They stopped speaking to each other at one point and she has to act as a- for multiple days. It's wild. Yeah. She has to act as a comical go-between between the two of them. Hated that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But by the end they are, they're holding each other and then she's like, wait a minute. They're snogging. That is so sad and disgusting. And that's the way the British edition ends. It ends with that is so sad and disgusting. Uh, so they changed the ending. Just they they switched a couple of passages for the for the two editions, and no idea why. No idea why. I prefer the cosmic horn. Yeah. So the, Maybe they figured that out too. Yeah, they must have. Yeah. No, this is a yeah. This is a Georgia Nicholson fan cast now. This is a Georgia Nicholson. Fan. I wish. Who. I don't know. I wish I wish there were more movies. <laughs> do too. It would be nice. I, I do love reading these books. They're very zippy. Uh, I'll just kind of like, I'll leave one open on my e-reader and then just come back to it every now and again and giggle. And then Did we ever say away. this was pizza toast? Yeah, we said it was. We said it was pizza toast, but we never said what it was. We said the name of the book. I don't remember. I think we said it was pizza toast. If we haven't, this is a podcast called Pizza Toast. Sometimes we talk about the Babysitters, the Babysitters Club. Club. Mostly we talk about this series right, right now. Right, right. This is getting a lot of our attention because this is a new thing for us. It's a new thing. It's shiny It's and it's fun and bright. And uh, the next book, is it called the same thing? In both markets, I think it's laughing away on a fast camel both, but I'm not. No, it's uh, it's uh, oh, it's and that's when it fell off in my hand. Yes, which is weird. The UK happened, yeah. Uh, But in America, it's away laughing on a fast camel, uh, which again probably makes more sense as a book title, uh, considering that's Dave the Laugh's thing. Signature catchphrase, and uh, Georgia has picked up that phrase from him as we pick up the ticks of everyone we we care about yeah and, and another thing is that throughout the throughout this book she's been every time she makes a funny joke or something in front of robbie he just doesn't get it like it just doesn't make any sense to him and uh but dave the laugh gets her sense of humor and she gets dave's like that's just one of those other things we're like of course yeah they in the same together. way that ellen uh she thinks that ellen can't appreciate dave the laugh on the same level right that she can and she doesn't. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about camels next week. Yeah, broadly. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Pizza Toast Pod. Same goes for our Gmail. Not that you can follow someone on Gmail, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, my Twitter is Christy Admiral. Uh, Phil's is P Corey Gonzalez, and we'll be back. Nauseating P Corey Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, say goodbye to your nutty pants. Now we can say nutty no, pants. We can. Now we can it's say true. nutty pants. <laughs> say good- okay, say goodbye to your nutty pants. <laughs> goodbye, nutty pants. <laughs>